This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigobon. Joining me as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you this morning? Good, Wally. How are you this morning? Um, eyes are pretty tired, uh, Naz. Uh, had to had to sort of juck. I had to juggle four games at the same time last night on the, on the, on the, on the television set. Of course, watching the Leafs and the Penguins. Uh, mercifully, at some point in time, I uh, I turned that one off um, and got to watch some uh, Fighting Irish and USC Trojans and got a nice result there and. Raptors and uh, Mavericks are playing last night. Uh, we're going to talk to Butch Carter about the, the Raptors later on in the show. And I finished up with the uh, Atlanta Braves and the L.A. Dodgers. So there is, as Bob Cole says, there's a lot going on last night. And uh, we uh, kudos to Alex, Alex Anthopoulos. Eh? Yeah, certainly. And uh, joining us for the hour today, uh, former uh, Toronto Maple Leaf, former Washington Capitol, Mr. Lou Franceschetti. Lewis, how are you this morning? Morning, gentlemen. How are you today? We're good. Uh, obviously, and thanks for joining us, Lou. Uh, obviously, the uh, big topic of discussion uh, on the airwaves. Uh, uh, we're, we're one of the few sports talk radio shows on the air on Sundays, but it's going to get interesting on sports talk radio, and it's been interesting on sports media since last night's debacle in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, We've got Joe Bowen, the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, coming on after our first break. We'll have a chat with him about all things in Leafsland. Um, we're going to have a lot to talk about today about the Leafs, Naz, but we segued into uh, a quick discussion about the Atlanta Braves um, and the Dodgers. The Braves are going to the World Series against the Houston Astros, but uh, from our perspective, uh, couldn't happen to a nicer man in Alex Anthopoulos. Um Great manager. He's done wonderful things with the Braves, and interestingly enough, it's the Dodgers he was playing against. And who was uh, who was uh, who? Can you give some of the credit to, or a good chunk of the credit to, to the Dodgers turning it around? So big shout out to Alex Anthopoulos. Made some brilliant moves at the trade deadline, uh, picking up Eddie Rosario, who ended up being the MVP of uh, of this series against the Dodgers, hitting five sixty. Um, Alex Anthopoulos has been on our show, uh, has been kind to us. Uh, Naz, I know you'd like to take the opportunity to uh, congratulate uh, Alex. Uh, beloved in Toronto Blue Jay land, but we're wishing him all the best with the Braves. He, he has not missed the playoffs since he joined Atlanta. He went to Atlanta when they were 70 and 92. And I remember him saying to me in a dinner, he says, I'm not going to Atlanta to lose. And uh, he hasn't. He's done very well. Now he's in the World Series. Congratulations. Yeah, sir. We give him we give him credit. You know, he uh, this interesting stat about this Atlanta Braves team. Um, they didn't cross the 500 mark till the 110th game of the season, which is a major league record. And um, you know, Alex uh, went to the owner. Uh, it was at the at the trade deadline. 
your owner gave him said do what you got to do and uh he he was like a guy going to the to the russian to the roulette table and uh you know everything everything came worked his way made some brilliant moves teams going to the world series against the Houston Astros. I got to think that uh, most of uh, most of Major League Baseball fans are going to be pulling for the Braves. The uh, Houston Astros are still leaving a sour taste in a lot of people uh, uh, given their escapades from a few years ago. So certainly we're rooting for the Braves. Uh, Blue, uh, last comment on uh, on baseball, and then we'll move on to the, uh, to the uh, obvious topic at hand this morning. Go ahead, Luke. You know what I I I I met Alex a number of years ago when he was at the Jays, and and I got to admit he was the first actual GM uh, of the Blue Jays actually that gave me the time of day. Uh, we sat down and we talked uh, because Daniel was coming up through the baseball ranks then, uh, and he advised me to to send Daniel to uh, the University of British Columbia at that time, which uh, was a little bit. Uh, I couldn't afford it at that time, so we went to Miami, Ohio instead. Uh, but the job that he's done over there, and you got to remember, guys, he did this with their outer, without their number one ace, Mike Soroka, yeah. who, who is, uh, who's been injured all year. Uh, they got a great pitching staff, uh, and when you got clutches like Rosario and then Freeman uh, and a young shortstop like Swanson there, uh, I'll tell you, I, I really hope that they do knock off uh, the Astros. Uh, and, and win their first championship since I think ninety what ninety four ninety five ninety five ninety five the last time uh, I think that was the David Justice days and Glavin and uh, all of those guys uh, some of the names who was they had I think had four or five Hall of Famers on that team uh, but it, I love you know I love baseball at this time of year baseball sort of a pastime. Uh, during during the regular season, but things get exciting at playoff time. And you know, I, as I said, I was switching I was switching channels last night. I was I was all over the place. Fortunately, I got tired of watching the Leafs after a certain period of time. I think I, I think I it was it was one one. I switched channels. I come back. You know, three minutes later, it's three one. I switch channel. I come back. Five minutes later, it's five one. So I, I packed it in at that point in time. Switch back. It was seven one. Uh, got an opportunity to switch over to the ba- baseball game, and at that point in time, when I switched over, there was a Atlanta pitcher. I think it was the seventh inning. It was it was four to four to two at the time, and he had put two two guys in scoring position, and they brought in this pitcher Tyler Matzik, uh, who interestingly enough, this guy was pitching for a team called the Texas Air Hogs two years ago, uh, and this guy was remarkable. He had a remarkable performance during the. And some people are saying he was the real MVP. He comes in and he strikes out first. You know, he's got a man on second and third, 4-2 lead, strikes out Albert Pujols, one of the greatest hitters in the history of the game. Obviously not in his prime, but, you know, still as dangerous as they come. Can't remember the second guy he struck out. And the third guy was Mookie Betts. So three strikeouts for a guy who was playing in, you know, with the Texas Air Hogs like two years ago. Talk about exciting. And you know, and the, and the, and, the, and then the rest of the Jays, uh, Jays Brave staff did the best Hanky and Ward imitations. Just struck out the Dodgers the rest of the way, and you know that's you know this time of year baseball can get really exciting. Guys, just a minute before we go to Joe Bowen, Naz, it was ugly last night. It's getting brutal. We're going to have a lot of t- chance to talk about it, but really, really quickly, it was ugly last night. Your thoughts? Terrible game. Terrible to watch. Terrible 
effort by the Beast. And uh, Dubas and Shanahan are in trouble, I think. They don't pick up their socks in the next few games. I don't know if Shanahan and Dubas are in trouble, but I got to think keep. You know the, the 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 you know they you know I don't want to get over I mean I don't want to get overexcited I'm excited but it's only six games in but it's the way they lost last night you know the Luke really quickly we've got to go to break and we've got to talk to the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs Joe Bowen Craig uh, Button last you know night Wally, on, yeah go I, ahead I Luke. think we we discussed it earlier in the week I'm curious if the Leafs have shut out Sheldon Keith at this early part of the season. Uh, that that was my reception of last night's game. Uh, obviously, with the documentary they had earlier in the year, I'm just curious if the if the Leafs have actually shut him out uh, completely. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a fair, we'll, it's we'll a find fair out. comment. You know, I mean, the the Leafs from a from a fan's perspective. I mean, I've you know I've read all the reports from the from the critical analysts, and you know, interestingly enough, Craig Button on TSN who. Uh, is one of my favorite uh, hockey analysts these days because a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of passing of the guard, uh, changing of the guard. Sorry, in uh, in 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 hockey analysts, but I you know I I'd still enjoy watching what Craig Button has to say. And his his quotation mark comment last night was the Leafs offered quotation marks no resistance. Um, that's a pretty damning indictment. Six games into a season. You know, the reality is, uh, having watched All or Nothing, and if listeners haven't watched it, it's on Amazon Prime. You've probably heard about it if you're a sports junkie like, like the three of us are here, Naz, myself, and Lou. Uh, I, I, I know, Lou, I don't think you, I, we talked about it, I don't think you've watched it yet. And I've talked to some other people who refuse to watch it. It's uh, in, supposedly an, a behind the scenes look at the Toronto Maple Leafs last year. It's a series that Amazon does. I understand the next one's got Juventus. So I'm looking forward to that one. Um, uh, I'm telling you, um, six games into the season, there's 76 games to to go. Um, Leaf fans uh, are on a short leash this year after last year's end of season debacle. Uh, they get the Canes Monday night. The Canes are a really good team. Freddie Anderson in net. Uh, we get the Hawks and the Red Wings this week. This may be a more interesting discussion as the week goes along. Um, they have to turn it around. They have to turn it around sooner rather than later. Um, and I think the big spotlight's on Sheldon Keefe. Anyway, on that note, I'm going to let it go. Uh, well, obviously, more more significant Leafs talk throughout the rest of this show. A lot of upset Leaf fans this morning after Friday night and last night. And who better to chat with than the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs himself, Joe Bowen. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when we received questions on the new barbecue turkey bacon pizza. What kind of bacon is on it? Well, turkey bacon. It has a barbecue sauce base, red onions, pineapple, hot banana peppers, mozzarella cheese and chilli flakes. Do I need to barbecue it? No, it comes fully cooked. What if I don't have a barbecue? Oh, boy. Call Pizzaville at pound 3636 on your cell phone. You won't remember that Real Space Media was once Real Tours Media. What you'll never forget is how they helped you, the real estate agent, sell homes. Or you, the business owner, show off your four walls. Real Space Media has made a name for itself, creating virtual tours and walkthrough floor plans using 3D technology that's light years ahead. In the age of COVID, what better way to see a space safely than through the digital lens of... 
What were they called again? Realspacemedia.ca. Got a space to showcase? Check out Real Space. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby Orr rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. His only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. From face-offs to playoffs, field goals to own goals, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning. Welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese, and also Lou Franceschetti. We're pleased to join to have join us this morning, Hockey Hall of Famer, the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Joe Bowen. Good morning, Joe. How are you this morning? We're doing fine, thanks. How are you guys today? We're doing great. Not so sure the blue and white are doing so great today, Joe. Uh, tough weekend. Um, we'll just... Start off very simply, Joe. Um, your thoughts? Joe? Hello? Hi, Joe. Sorry, did uh, we lose you? Um, yeah, I guess I, I didn't hear the question anyway. Oh, no, I just wanted your thoughts on um, on uh, the current Leaf situation. Two, two tough games on the weekend. Yep, and uh, it's early in the season. And uh, they're, they haven't found their way yet. Um uh, I think you got to give them some time, but um, no question, it's, it's disappointing. But, I mean, you're talking about two guys in particular, I guess, one who led the league in scoring and the other who's an all-star winger not producing any points as yet. And that's going to have to change for them to kind of get a little bit of momentum going. But uh, at this particular point, I mean, uh, obviously they're going to be very disappointed in what's gone on. Um, but they're going to have to, you know, muddle through it as best you can, and uh, until they get these guys going. Nez, Joe, I was thinking about you last night. We can turn the ch- channel watching a game. You can't. How does it, how does it feel making broadcasting a game like that? I love every minute of my job. You don't have you don't have great days doing what you do for a living. I imagine. Um, everybody goes through it. I mean, uh, I mean, what what can you do? Um, it, it's not what you want to be uh, watching or broadcasting. But uh, I, I, the last real job I had was five thousand feet underground at Inco. I didn't like that one very much. <laughs> I, I can't think of a better way of putting that. Lou, Rook, uh, go ahead. Hey, Joe, how are you? Good, Louis. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Uh, Listen. Louis. Uh, let me ask you a question. I, I know it's early in the season. Oh, Lou, 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 Joe wants to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question, Louis. What? what when, when a team goes through something like this, and you have been on those teams, 
What is it like in the dressing room? What has to happen in the dressing room as far as trying to get everybody on the same page and mentally just getting back into things the way it should? Now, you're looking at a team that, that, that is a game under 500 or whatever and uh, to start the season. That's a great uh, question. Well, the, the year that I was here, uh, more or less, we went through with that uh, with Dougie Carpenter, and uh, we didn't. We had a, a very uh, successful year the year before. Uh, we came in training camp and we made a few changes, uh, and then we started off really slow. And, and Carpy was gone after 15 games because more or less, I guess management thought that we were shutting him out and we were we just weren't playing up to our capabilities. Uh, but somebody. Now, did you feel that really way in the dressing take... room? What's that, Joel? Did you feel that way in the dressing room that you were that you were kind of not kind of shutting him out and everything else? Well, you you got to remember they they brought in Tom Watt as an assistant coach. So, uh, as as a as a player, you think, okay, why is Tom coming in when you were getting rid of uh, Larivier and, and and Mike Kitchen at the time? Uh, is there going to be changes here if we don't get off to a good start? And obviously, that one year we had the big, uh, we had Eddie Olchuk and all those guys and, and Gary come up with big years the year before that. And we just got off to a, a slow start. I don't know if we were living off our laurels from the year before, uh, but it just came to, to the fruition that uh, if we didn't play well, then, but the effort wasn't even there. Like, we didn't. We didn't play up to our capabilities that we did the year before, and it's, I guess what it is, it's that uh, somebody has to take charge in that dressing room right now. Uh, last night, there was no pushback. There, there was no uh, no resilience, as, uh, as Walter said. Is that you have to show up, and if you're not going to play well, at least send Pittsburgh a message that that we're going to do something else to them, in, in the sense of be physical or or cause a little bit of trouble or something like that, but. Last night, there was nothing of that, and, and it's, that's a tough thing to figure out. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I agree with you, and I, and I think that under the circumstances, too, that um, they're, they're probably in the, in the exact same boat that that team was. Um, both teams are built pretty much the same, very much offensive and everything else. Now, I mean, Wayne Simmons pushed back a little bit, got into a tussle at the end of the thing. But, you know, when you when you actually dissect the game uh, and you look at how Pittsburgh scored, three of the goals went in off Leafs players. One went off uh, the, the chest. The first goal of the game went off the chest of one of the Pittsburgh players in front. So when you take a look at things, you say, okay, you know what, that's pretty, that's fortunate. That's puck luck. And right now, right now, the Leafs are getting zero in that department. And I mean, you got to you got to earn your luck. You got to create yep. your own opportunities and luck. But I mean, Matthews is getting some good looks and getting goalposts and and, and things in front of him, and they're, they're just not going in. And that will change because he's just too good a player. Um, but you know, by the time everything was said and done, after all of the the um, misfortune, you're down four or five one in a game. And uh, then, then I agree. Then you know, you'd like to see something that you know shows that you're pissed. I guess for the lack of a better term, um, and and have some pushback. But I think it's really, really early to be you know running up flags that uh, that have uh, you know the the warning flag on it that things are going to change dramatically here 
whether it's a coach or something else going on at this particular point. Now, uh, I, I 15 agree. games, maybe that's a different situation. Yeah. I agree with you 100%, Joe. We're only six, game in, six games into the season. Last, last night's game's disconcerting. That's fine. I think what's important is how how they come back from last night's game, how they, how they react, how they play this week. It may, be, it may be a more fruitful discussion on next Sunday's show or the one after that. I mean, every team goes through, I mean, they're, they're maybe just having their slump at the beginning of the season rather than in the middle of the season. Um, I got the sense, Joe, that um, obviously a couple of those games they lost, it's, they lost, quite frankly, because the other team's goalie played better than our goalie. Um, not last night, and, that, and that's not right either. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, well, one game. All right, I, I'll give yeah. you that for uh, for uh, uh, Hutchinson's effort the, uh, the other night. Yeah, well, Jack Campbell up until last night was that no, I'm not. Out. I mean, it's like when out. Hutchinson it's when Hutchinson goes in. It just seems the team doesn't have any confidence in him. Um, that's that's my sense. I also got the sense last night that Muzzin. Muzzin looks like he's playing with an injury of some kind. Hole doesn't uh, doesn't seem like he's recovered. There maybe is another dynamic at play here, Joe. Your thoughts? Well, I mean, I, I'm I'm not privy to the injuries, and I'm not. Uh, I mean, we don't travel with them. You don't even get to go and talk to them anymore unless you're on a Zoom call. So you're not really uh, learning an awful lot. Um, all you're doing is uh, what you guys are seeing on TV. That's what we're seeing as well. So um, that I can't comment on because I don't know. Um, but uh, obviously last night, Muzzin and Hall were on for, um, you know, for the first five goals, I think. Now, having said that, again, three of them went in off sticks and everything else. And it wasn't, you know, I mean, it was <laughs> a lot of bad fortune as opposed to bad play. Um, so, I mean, I think you have to take it with a grain of salt to some extent. But, uh, you know, you are what you are. You are what your your numbers say you are. So, uh, if you were on for the goal against, you're on for the goal against. But I remember Tom Watt saying, uh, you know, plus minus is something that's really interesting because if it was in baseball, if the left fielder dropped the damn ball, then everyone would get a minus. Ness? Joe, Austin Matthews went to his wrist a couple of times during the night. I don't think he's fully recovered from it. How would they do without him in the lineup? How would they do without him in the lineup? Well, that's that's a tough question. I mean, they they have they're like they're like Pittsburgh, really. Though historically, when he hasn't been in the lineup, they've played better and or not yeah. better, but they played all right and 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 done well enough. Um, I don't know if his wrist is still bothering him or not. He certainly seems to be shooting the puck hard enough. Uh, he's just not getting any luck around the net. So, um, I mean, take a look at what Pittsburgh's done without Crosby or Malkin. I mean, that's, it's what everybody else is trying to do. So, uh, it, it, it's the guys who are in the lineup have to be responsible for what, what's going on. Lou? So when do you start pushing the panic button here with with this team? I, I, I don't Louis. have the panic button, Louie. I'm not in charge of that. <laughs> You're not in charge of that. <laughs> you guys, you guys Lucky have you. the panic button. I'm no not. I'm not. When do you think they should push the panic button? I, I, my personal opinion, I'm not ready to push the panic button. It's I, I'm probably there's, looking there's, at about there's, 15 or 20 games. Yeah, 15 or 20, well, 25 sure. games. I mean, it's yeah, a I, I think season. that's fair. So, you know, uh, but here we are after five games, 
discussing the panic button yet. So, you know, I mean, I think everybody has to take a deep breath, uh, including the players. They obviously have to get back to playing the way that they are capable of. And um, I think at this particular point, too, they're, they're trying to find some chemistry for those top two lines. And so far, um, you know, Richie and Bunting haven't, I mean, Bunting, I guess, but Richie has struggled. Um, and hasn't really found a comfort area or where I should be at certain times or where I should be going or who, who I should be looking for. And maybe that's going to take a little more time. That's, uh, that's one of the things I think, obviously, that Sheldon Keefe is trying to, to orchestrate. And when, when you have the game get away from you, the first thing that most coaches do, and Sheldon Keefe isn't any different, is you put all of the names into a hat, you start drawing out three at a time, and you're hoping you're going to find something that works. But the bottom six of this team has played, I think, very, very well. And I don't think their defense has been that bad. Um, you've talked about the goaltending in one game, and I'll go with you on that. But other than that, I, you know, until last night, um, I, I thought that they were playing pretty well. And, I mean, some of the bright lights, you take a look at what Rasmus Sandin has done. I think he's played extraordinarily well. So... Um, it's it's uh, it's frustrating, and I understand that, and everybody is frustrated, and I'm sure that the guys on that airplane last night were frustrated. So uh, trying to fight through that is is that, and I think most of this is all between people's ears as opposed to the actual physicality of the game. Yeah, I don't. I, I think you've uh, you've hit it bang on, Joe. I would I would certainly agree with everything you've just said, uh, and and thank you for that. Uh, I think it's. Somewhat early to push a panic button, although Leaf fans are a little bit, a little bit gun shy over what happened in uh, last year's playoffs. And uh, all, have you had Joe? Have you had the opportunity to watch the All or Nothing on Amazon Prime? I, I consider you one of the stars of that. Listening to your calls of uh, certainly uh, is, is part an important part of that series. If our listeners haven't seen it, have you had an opportunity to watch it, Joe? Oh yeah, yeah, I watched it, and uh, I was uh, flattered that they. Uh, uh, decided to use Jimmy and I um, extensively in in the thing, and uh, and I go to my mailbox every day waiting for the check that hasn't arrived. <laughs> Joe, hey, you know I funny can't how that worked out. <laughs> Joe, you know I can't let you go unless we talk about our beloved Fighting Irish. Uh, it's one of the you know we like. Night. We like we like to get you on the show to talk about the Leafs, but I uh, I like to get you on the show because you you provide some cover for me against these two Alabama guys that I got a butt head. Well, they with. lost, didn't they? No, they beat. No, they, have they have a loss. They have a loss. They have a loss. Yeah, but they yeah, beat. They lost. Last time I checked. Uh, we we uh, we had an opportunity to talk to Joe Theismann last Sunday about the Fighting Irish and the Trojan rivalry, and uh, you probably didn't get to watch the game because you were working last night. Uh, actually, good, actually, good because we were traveling, we were at TSN, and boys, the boys were able to hook up a monitor that I could look right over Ralphie's head and watch the football game. And trust me, in the third period, I watched that more than I did the hockey game. <laughs> yeah, certainly. I, I started watching more of the of my beloved Golden Domers than I did the Leafs game after a while. Uh, I, Irish, uh, tough game against Cincinnati. Did some uh, mental mistakes in that game, some turnovers that I think cost them the game when they were in a position to take it over. Other than that, 
uh, team seems to be coming together. Uh, they were, you know, I wouldn't say much maligned, but they didn't think that they, this was going to be one of the better additions of the Fighting Irish in recent memory. Seem to be doing better lately, and they seem to be coming together. And they, looking at their schedule, they could very well end up the season at 11-1. and I'm not so sure they're going to the college football playoff, depending on whatever else happens. But uh, the Irish are making us happy again, aren't they? Are they, are, well, are they not, I think Joe? the biggest thing is that their offensive line is getting better. I mean, that was the real... A youthful spot on this team, and it's it, they've got some really good athletes there, and it's getting much better. And the last time I checked, Cincinnati's ranked fairly high, aren't they? Number two. They're oh, number two. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. anyway, um, having said that, I think one of the more inter- that the, the offensive line thing is an interesting thing, but the three-headed monster we have at quarterback is also very interesting. <laughs> I don't think I have ever seen. A college football team uh, choose, and again, choose to play three different quarterbacks uh, at any time in the game. Uh, Usually it's forced upon you when you're down to the third string uh, because of injuries and various other things. But they, um, I mean, Brian Kelly's been throwing these guys in and out, and uh, it's an interesting uh, situation for opposing teams that have to kind of plan for three different types of player at the controls of the, the offense to the opposition. So it is, it's kind of interesting to watch that. And certainly, Joe, we got, we've got to let you go, but we can't let you go because you're an owner of the Green Bay Packers. So as an owner, uh, you've got to tell you us. You know what? Uh, the other thing we own, we own the Chicago Bears. <laughs> because one of our employees... Uh, mentioned that rather vociferously, I thought, uh, with a deleted expletive attached to it, <laughs> to some of the fan base. And then everybody got upset. You can't be saying that. Have you ever listened to the Bears fans, what they say? And all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers comes back and, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You you poked the bear. You got a hold. You better make sure you can handle both of it. So anyway, we own the Bears too. <laughs> I bet, I bet. That's that's great news, and we're we're happy to hear that. Uh, Joe, we'd love to spend more time with you. I know that uh, when sometimes we take advantage of your generosity, and we don't want to do that. So thank you so much for your time. We will we will keep the faith, Joe. We will. Uh, All right. Maybe we next time we'll talk when things are going in the in the right direction. Well, uh, we certainly love to do that anytime, Joe. Thanks so much for joining us. All right, us. guys. Take care. Have a, good, have, a have a good weekend. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go Bills Go. Anyway, on that note, we've got to go to break, and we'll be right back with Butch Carter. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville realised we all have things we should cut back on. For me half-brother, Ray All, that's ordering inflatable toys. For others, it's carbs. So Pizzaville made the extra-thin crust pizza... You get the same authentic Italian taste as our regular pizza, but with two-thirds less carbs. Because the last thing Raul wants is an inflatable waste. Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby Orr rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. 
is only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Ink Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Ink Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. You won't remember that Real Space Media was once Real Tours Media. What you'll never forget is how they helped you, the real estate agent, sell homes. Or you, the business owner, show off your four walls. Real Space Media has made a name for itself, creating virtual tours and walkthrough floor plans using 3D technology that's light years ahead. In the age of COVID, what better way to see a space safely than through the digital lens of, what were they called again? Realspacemedia.ca. Got a space to showcase? Check out Real Space. Last minute of play in the game. Unlike sports, the outcome of palliative care isn't determined in the dying seconds. Physically, socially, and spiritually, palliative care is giving someone the best quality of life for however long life remains, while supporting their loved ones. All services are free of charge with partial government funding. The need for palliative care is great. Making an impact is the newly opened Hospice Vaughn Mario and Nick Cortellucci Hospice Palliative Care Center of Excellence. A truly amazing 10-bed residence, the first palliative care hub in Vaughn. If you share the belief that everyone deserves to live until they die, get involved. Volunteer your time or donate to hospicevaughn.com. We are for community, by community. And together, we are here to serve. You name it, they'll argue about it. No sport left unturned. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live on AM 740, downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM. Live streaming on the internet, www.zoomerradio.ca. You may have heard that ad once again for Hospice Bond. Uh, they do fantastic work, community work in the city of Vaughan. Naz and I uh, consider it our privilege to uh, support them and to offer them the opportunity to, uh, to uh, and it's our contribution to the local Vaughan community to give them the opportunity to spread their message on our show. We're pleased to welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour a good friend of ours, friend of the show, former Raptors coach, Butch Carter. Good morning, Butch. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are you? Good, uh, but you got uh, you got uh, Naz, you got me, and you got uh, Lou Franceschetti. So it's the it's the fabulous foursome once again reunited on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. <laughs> Butch, uh, real quick, and then uh, you know what? I'm going to turn it over to Naz. Uh, and as I got, I think a one or too many questions in uh, uh, too many in the last segment, so I'll turn it over to you. Uh, go ahead. Hi, Butch. Gay, how are you? Good, Butch. Barnes or Suggs? Didn't did. The Raptors make the right pick. I, I think they, I, I think they made the right pick because uh, they, they normally do everything by collaboration. Um, with you know, so uh, you know, I think 
I think for them, they made the right pick. Uh, you know, I, I would probably disagree with it. Uh, from what I saw of him in college, in the in the tournament, the conference tournament, um, I didn't like it. Uh, but you know, that's that's the decision that they have to make and live with. Uh, I'm just a fan now. Uh, Scotty Barnes has uh, come on, on, has uh, come for he's uh, been given a lot of praise uh, for his start to the season. Um, pretty good game against the Celtics the other night. Uh, um, stats that haven't been seen in a long time in a rookie in the first few games. Uh, are you impressed by his game? Uh, would you think he would have progressed this quickly, this far? Butch? Well, I mean. I mean, it's always enlightening if he takes someone. You know, they they play well, but you know, my measuring stick is he let's measure them in twenty games, and not and not one or two. Uh, if a young player's got a live body, the rest of the league doesn't know he exists yet. You know, the veterans haven't watched him play, don't understand him, probably weren't paying attention to the scouting report. But things will lock down after. You know, there's two ways to measure. You measure them in twenties. And then you measure them in 20 games against winning teams. So um, everything else is false. Uh, it's false news, uh, fake news. It's all that. Um, but, um, you know, me, I'm not one to try to get the fans or supporters excited about, you know, historically, where does he fall in line of what rookies have done with the Raptors? And historically, what has he done? in line with rookies in the East. Um, the problem with the league now is that rookies can play well and they're still going to get paid if you don't have to, make, if you don't have to win. So I think we, we need to let it play it out and uh, give us a longer runway to evaluate. But, you know, I would evaluate him first against historically winning teams and then second, uh, 20, 20 games uh, is, is how I'd look at it. Luke? Uh, is this Raptor team, is this going to go through some growing pains here? Uh, obviously, with them coming out flat in the, in the first game here at home, uh, going into Boston and uh, really uh, lay a beating on them and then come home last night against uh, Dallas and, and not really uh, play up to uh, the, the standards of the, the usual or the old uh, Raptor teams. Uh, with this being a young team, and, and all, obviously Scotty Barnes is going to be a, a major uh, focus point on on his development here. Is that what we're going to see, an up-and-down season uh, from this team? I believe so, Lou. How are you doing? I haven't spoken to you in a while. Um, but I believe I believe so. I, I think it's, uh, it's pretty hard for veterans who are used to winning. And that could, that could change if Siakam comes back and is, and is playing at an all-star level. But the destruction of the, the team was based off of them losing Serge Ibaka in free agency. Serge seemed to be a bigger piece of the glue than they respected. And for whatever reason, Serge left. And then, unfortunately, the world champion team got shipped off to Tampa, which is, I think, the worst scenario I've ever seen in in my life for a championship team the following season. I think they're going to be inconsistent from the standpoint of trying to nourish the young player 
but also the veterans know that certain things have to be done. You have to get back to winning the first and third quarter. Um, the rookies don't know anything about it. The offense gets voodoo. Um, but historically, the Raptors, once they got that turned around and lowered their defensive field goal percentage, they were good against anyone for a very long period of time. So I think you're going to see, you know, it's going to seesaw back and forth. They could get an accelerant if Pascal came back. Um, but they still haven't solved the inside, the inside issue with Biggs. But, um, you know, they decided uh, they got Masai's contract extended. So in Masai, they trust. He gave them one championship with... Uh, before, so you know, we'll see, but I think you're going to be up and down, but I think the fans will be so happy to have their team back home. Uh, we're talking to Bush Carter. Naz, I'll turn it back to you. Are the Raptors still interested in Ben Simmons, and would you take him on your team? Butch? Well, Ben, ben Simmons, I, I do believe um, is, is spoiled. He's been spoiled since uh, LeBron's agency bought him out of Australia and put him at LSU. Um, they hired his sister uh, in their office to make sure they could have a, a legal contact um, with him. Uh, Kawhi, <clears throat> you got to remember the first time you go back, go back and look at the first game Kawhi played against Ben Simmons. He made him look like a little kid, eighth grader in the playground. Um, now, guys change, um, but right now you're dealing with most young players normally blossom. Um, I think Doc was probably the wrong coach for Kawhi. Doc is a hardline, uh, old school guy. Um, and Ben needs some maturing. And uh, their ability to show him how to shoot with confidence. Um, I think he's burnt toast in Philly, um, but the league should send a message. There's no way you should give a young kid an extension, and the next thing he does is demand a trade somewhere. So I think it's going to be a battle royale between them with the league sending a message to the younger guys. you got Simmons and Kawhi that are or Kyrie that are uh, giving the league the blues. Um the players want to make more money. Um, they allow them to make more money, but it's not like they're cr- someone's uh, crossing the finish line twice for them. So it's a bad precedent, I think, and for the whole league. But Simmons, you know, it's not my decision. Um, you got to take star guys when you can get them. I see he has two issues. One, he's always been spoiled, um, and two. Uh, I do believe he has the yips. And the yips in basketball for a star player, we don't see it very often, but I believe he's shown he has the yips. I thought the yips only applied to golfers. Uh, I've had those a few times. Did you you see Ben Simmons shooting the fourth quarter in a big game? (laughs) He's got the yips. Okay. Uh, We're talking to uh, to Butch Carter. Butch, uh, um, the NBA announced, uh, I think it was this week, or, uh, the top 75 NBA players of all time. They didn't rank them in order, but they just said these are the top 75. Of course, that anytime you do a list like that, it always creates controversy. Uh, but very rarely creates controversy by a player. 
playing today who says I should be on that list. Uh, now, of course, I'm talking about Clay Thompson. Uh, and then there's then you get into, and this is what fans love, and this is what Sports Talk Radio loves talking about this stuff. Then you get into discussions about who should be on that list that's not on that list. And, you know, that's you can always play that game, but... Clay Thompson should be should he be one of the top seventy five of all time? And let's talk about some guys that are close to your heart, uh, Butch, Vince, T Mac, and a guy that's close to my heart because I remember playing him, playing growing up and watching him for the same Bonaventure Bonnies, Buffalo Bob Lanier. Uh, Clay Thompson should be in there. And how about Vince T Mac or Buffalo Bob? Well, I think that the top fifty was already set. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's it's really only a head count of of twenty five more. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and if you I think it's really hard to get on that team if you did not get to NBA championship series. And I don't think T Mac has won a playoff game so uh, or playoff series. So, you know, the fact um Vince's career is, is measured by longevity. I also think it's measured by the sincerity of what a great person he is. But um, I saw the picture of Clay Thompson running around the arena at Golden State with number 77. So, hey, I mean, I, it is what it is. Um, it's not meant to be, you know, vindictive. People are trying to say, uh should you be in the 75? Well, you got to play well enough to be in the, the, the 50, I believe. If, you be, if you're in the 50, then you bump someone to the back, and that's really cutting the line. So I think in, in all in all good nature, people, there are people going to make it, people are don't. Um, you know, I don't know who votes on it, but I do believe that the damage of Vince's career on how he left Toronto left a lasting impression definitely within the media because our local media guys were sided with the team uh, when they ran him out of town. And, you know, it's, I don't think Tracy, you know, as far as a talent, because he won the top 75 talents, absolutely. But that didn't roll over into what he did in Houston or Orlando. He had a lot of individual awards, but not team awards. Clay does have the team awards. Uh, Clay has scored 60 points and won the game. Um, I think there's a there there is a legitimate question for Clay, um, but you know, guys, people vote. You know, I mean, look, you know, we want we once had a a president that told us that COVID, and people voted for him. That COVID wasn't dangerous. So when when you leave it to the people, anything can happen. Luke. Uh, I, I really don't think uh, Clay Thompson belongs right now at, at this point in his career in the, in the top 75. Uh, there, there are so many good players out there, and you also got to look at different eras uh, of these players where uh, it's a completely different ball game right now than it was 20 or 30 years ago when obviously when, when we were a lot younger and watching, uh, watching these guys play when it was really there was a lot more pride in it instead of uh, who's making the most money? Uh, but again, you know you, you've got to prove yourself over longevity, and you've got to put up some good numbers. And, and the biggest thing, you've got to win championships. Yes, I, I agree with that. The Lakers uh, have jumped out uh, slumping this year. Is there a chemistry issue with the Lakers? But 
Well, the, the, the problem with the Lakers is Anthony Davis isn't great. It, it, it's that simple. You got one of the most talented guys in the world, and you know, and he's not great. He's just he's just fitting in. You know, he's probably he's probably forty pounds overweight from when they traded for him. And um, you know, I I I coached in one of the uh, UK charity games where the former players came back, and AD was there. But I mean, if you go through a timeline of AD and what he's done, what he looks like physically, you know, just as he gets older, and you're going to be LeBron is out there supposed to be playing like he's 32 or 25. It's not going to work, guys. Anthony, Anthony Davis should be able to walk on a court and dominate his opponent and the backup every single night, and it just doesn't happen. And hasn't shown a super alpha personality uh, at a time when, you know, he needs to be the lead dog. And, you know, what's wrong with the Lakers? It, it has to start with Anthony Davis. And, you know, it's uh, it, we've seen it last year, and I've seen enough of it. You know, I've seen enough games that, you know, I don't, you know, I don't think they'll trade him, but they went and got him, but he hasn't shown up. And, and maybe it's more what you're seeing is similar to what Kobe and Shaq went through, where yeah. Shaq got tired. But again, like Lou said, back in the day, the way the league was built, none of us had guaranteed contracts, or most of us didn't have guaranteed contracts. There was a lot of pride in what you did every night. And, you know, the, the, the pride right now is pretty tarnished with you see these young guys who are making a lot of money they're not going to make the top 50, guarantee. Uh, Butch, uh, I want to change topics a little bit because I know uh, you're, you're a keen observer of, uh, of the blue and white as well. And um, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs haven't had uh, the uh, start that uh, Leaf fans or Leaf Nations would have liked. We talked briefly, we talked with Joe Bowen about that earlier in the show. I want a coach's perspective because this, Joe was uh, asked Lou this question about uh, – about uh, coaches' reactions, some of the teams that Lou played on. Uh, you're obviously a coach dedicated your life to coaching. Sheldon Keefe, after six games, a uh, little bit, a little bit of, a little bit in the hot seat here, uh, Butch. You're in that situation. You're the coach. What do you do? What do you do this week? Well, I mean, guys, I, I'm very preemptive. I I always would look at life as if. If the owner doesn't like what I'm doing, he can he can take me out for for not winning. Uh, I don't think it's Sheldon Key's problem. I believe and have said all along they have a culture issue with their young guys. They're young guys, and they're not you know they're not rookies anymore. They're not second year players. But I would bet a whole lot of money that they have never even gone to a Stanley Cup championship. And I learned this a long time ago. The number one thing that I had to do as a coach when I had young players was that these young guys are so preoccupied that the culture within where they're making money, they don't know the history of it. And I'd be willing to bet that none of them, zero, all right, at any restaurant in town for 10 people have never gone to see a Stanley Cup playoff series. 
all they're doing is playing for when they play. And you can't win with young guys unless it becomes personal. The veterans are just supposed to hold the place together. They're just supposed to be the glue. They're supposed to take the little bumps. Consistently, you're running into all these long bumps where they're not playing over their head because the young guys underperform. So, no, that's it has to be that. I mean, you look at the Detroit Red Wings, they haven't been lucky in the draft, even though they've gone backwards. But, you know, for it to happen in Toronto, for them to get taken out by Montreal last year, consistently, I say, you know, there's that drive to finish and hoist and have that parade, it ain't, it's not there. How much? How much can the coach? Like, I mean, I watch. I don't know if you've had the opportunity. We just briefly mentioned it to each other yesterday. The show All or Nothing, and Sheldon Keith comes under quite a bit of criticism uh, because they're in the dressing room, and and I'm not a choir boy. I understand professional sports. I understand that expletives are used very, very liberally in professional sports. Uh, but that seemed to be Sheldon Keith's way of trying to motivate the players. Um, maybe a little bit. Uh, you know, in that that, and how do you how do you change the culture within the dressing room? How do you how does a how does a coach motivate a team in today's in, in the world of professional sports these days? You have to get to them in the summer. You can't go in and cuss a guy out and you haven't spent any time with him in the summer. I mean, what I did was I had a bio of every player. I knew I knew his best games in high school. Right? You you, you got to be a little bit of a psychiatrist, you know, a psychologist. You got to get between their ears. You know, you can't show up and I'm the coach. I think you know, uh, Doug Smith asked me in a in a uh, in a post game or maybe it was after practice. You know, and said you know, Tracy's upset. Out. You know, and I said, "Yeah, he probably is upset, but you know, he's a young man. I'm an adult, and I probably got I got to go talk to him because I got to come down to his level to bring him to mind." And that's how we worked it out. I ended up coming down to Tracy's level. I I would fly every other week down to work him out in Florida. Butch, Butch. Unfortunately, on that note, it's ten o'clock, and you know what happens at ten o'clock. Yep. Yeah, you've yep. you've you've done this show enough times with us. I yep. apologize. I'd really we'll follow up this conversation next time we get you on. I think it's fascinating. I always enjoy listening to a coach's perspective in terms of how to motivate players and how you have to do it in all kinds of different ways. We'll follow up that discussion. I look forward to it. Butch, thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Take care. Uh, Naz, Lou, uh, thanks for joining us. I do want to say thanks to our producer, Brandon. This is his last show with us. He's guided us through this COVID area. It hasn't been easy. We've He's taken care of us since March of last year remotely. Naz, I know you want to thank Brandon as well. He, you've, Brandon, you've done a fantastic job for us. Thanks so much, Naz. Last word. I wish him luck wherever he's going. What a great kid. Great Thank kid. Thank yeah. Thanks, Brandon. To all our listeners, have a great great and safe week. We'll be back next Sunday morning. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.